0: Go so back at the time, I never thought I'd see a face. Ain't a woman alive that could take my
1: mama's place. Spend it from school, I'm scared to go home. I was a fool with the big boys, breaking all the rules. I said tears with my baby sister. Over the years, we was born another little kids. Good morning, sports fans. Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Mike and Ndolpho in here with Kelly Patrick. Ashley's not here today because she's spending the day with her mom. You know? uh, understandable, understandable. I'm going to go see my mom right after this show. I'll see my mom later. And uh, you know, we want to wish everyone, our listeners, a happy Mother's Day, and make sure you treat your mothers with a little extra special today. I, I've got a great mom. My wife is a great mother. I've got great grandmothers in my life. My mother-in-law's phenomenal. I'm very lucky to have all these uh, mothers uh, to influence my children and me. I know this isn't a contest, Mike, but my mom gets me in the gym lifting
0: weights multiple times a week. Yeah? I challenge anyone out there. If you have a story like that... If if you lift weights with your mom... If you lift weights with your mom, 502-384-1450, I want to hear about it. And I want to hear the specific progression you have made in your weightlifting goals. Because, I mean, no, no shade... But I doubt anybody has anything close to what I've got. No, I
1: mean, with. it goes to show how much weight you lift that your mom is your spotter. But that's, <laughs> that's okay, you know. Uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty awesome that you actually get to go work out and lift weights with your mom. So yeah, but it, I'm going to go right after this show. going to go s- s- pick up, my, uh, pick up m- my wife from her mother's house. And then we're going to head over to my mom's house. And then we'll go to my grandmother's house and... And then we'll spend the rest of the day doing whatever my wife wants. It's the way it's got to be, right? Except for seven o'clock tonight. Why is that? The New York Rangers, Washington Capitals game six. Wow! And if you missed it Friday night, oh, what an amazing! I, I, listen, I, I'm a basketball guy. I'll watch playoff hockey before the NBA playoffs almost every day of the week. Wow! And the Rangers uh, were on the verge of elimination. Scored. With a minute forty left to go in regulation to tie the game, sent to overtime, and then one in overtime to force this game six, and uh, they're going back to Washington today. The city of Washington has got to be just the the buzz around the city of Washington, while Baltimore, just north of them, is you know falling apart. The city of Washington, sports wise, is it's the center of the sports world right now, right? Gotta be. I mean, the Wizards without John Wall knocking off. Uh, the Cav- or the knocking off the uh, Hawks, Hawks last night. The uh, the Capitals are kind of coming out of nowhere to uh, challenging the Rangers and are close one step closer. Both these teams could easily be in their conference finals next week. Uh, Bryce Harper for the Nationals is on a tear like no other. Six home runs in the last three games for Bryce Harper. Wow! And uh, just a lot of stuff going on, you know, including. The preteness up in Baltimore, but I'm sure Washington's probably got most of those people are probably staying in Washington because I wouldn't stay in Baltimore right now, would you? I'd probably try to avoid it. Yeah. So but there's just tons of things going on right there. There really are. You didn't even mention a couple of the big storylines. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. You mean the a team that should be in Louisville and not in Memphis? Sure. I I can't watch that series without getting completely pissed off that we're so short-sighted in this city to not see how that could be us. To see that we could have had the team in New Orleans here in Louisville, have Anthony Davis playing home games here in Louisville, and seeing how that would be good for the University of Louisville, how it would be good for the University of Kentucky, how it would be good for our Would we economy. have been able
0: to draft Anthony Davis if we had Memphis?
1: If we had, But if we had New Orleans. Or New Orleans, okay. Yeah, that yep. New Orleans team could have easily been here. Yeah. A couple times. And I just... Um, I look at that and I just think, I mean, if you take the city of Memphis, and the city of Memphis and the city of Louisville are basically the same size, okay? But if you scrolled out 100 miles from the city of Memphis and the city of Louisville, we have way more people population-wise and people that care about basketball than the city of Memphis does. And to see that place absolutely rocking for a playoff series, knowing that that could be us, and, and knowing that the impact that the Colonels had – Pot, people U of L fans, old school U of L fans, tell me the Colonels did not help your basketball program when they were going in the seventies. Tell me it would not help to have NBA people in your practices every day. To have the NBA players and the college players work out together during the summertime. Tell me exactly how that couldn't be a recruiting advantage to say, "Hey, you come here, you're going to be working out with NBA guys during the summer, and we're, we share a facility." And I mean it. There's, we have plenty of money. We have plenty of Fortune 500 companies. All these people that want to have Louisville as this little town mindset is what holds us back from being able to have an NBA team. It would work here. It would, UofL would still be fine. Kentucky would still be fine. And our NBA team if, would be fine as well. And it would be phenomenal. Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzzline is
0: 502-384-1450. A very popular topic over the years is bringing a professional team to the city of Louisville. I want to hear what our listeners have to say about it. Five oh two three eight four fourteen fifty. Mike holding the position that y'all just say it, many Kentucky fans feel that we should bring one to the city of Louisville.
1: Tom Jurich begs to differ. That's because he wants to be the big fish in the in the in the pond. And look there Tom Jurich has passed up a lot of jobs. Because there's no job in America, that he could be at a school this big and have that much power over the city.
0: Yeah, in the newspapers, you could say. Okay. Stuff like that.
1: And that's ex- 100% what it is in my eyes. Now, he's built an unbelievable – and what like we have a great baseball series going on at Patterson, fin- finishing up today with Louisville and Florida State. Tied up at 1-1. Uh, and and his the athletic program at Louisville has been phenomenal. He's done an unbelievable job with the facilities. But the bottom line is, is how many – college athletic directors are at a city of around a million people and have the influence on what the city does, not the university, on what the city does like Tom George does. The
0: devil's advocate stance against you, Mike, would be this. Louisville may be the best college sports city in the country. And if we were to bring a a professional franchise here, it could take away from that. So many fans around here
1: love college basketball. I think mean, it would just add to it.
0: Number one college basketball market in the country
1: is where we are, and here. that's not
0: going to change,
1: is it not? No, I mean it would just add to it that we. I mean, part of our love of college basketball is why the NBA would work here. You, have, I love
0: the NBA, so so I'm a, I, I'm
1: in a different uh, a unique position on this, and I don't. You don't. I don't love the NBA, but at the same time, if Peyton Siva was coming through, and I guess that's a poor example because he got to play in the NBA. If who, I'm trying to think of a loyal guy who plays in the NBA. Gorgie Jane? Uh, Gorgie Jane. There you go. We got one. All right. Come on. That was a little shade being thrown there. A little shade. But if Gorgie's bringing his Minnesota team through and, you know, just like for example, I'm excited and I'm a Kentucky fan. I'm excited about going to see the Atlanta Dream play that WNBA game they're going to be playing here in May 23rd. Like Angel McCautry? Angel and Shoney coming to see them play and taking my daughter and Showing her what could be possible. When is that? May 23rd. Um, wow, that sounds great. Saturday? So, yeah. I mean, overall, I just, I like the, uh, I, I think it could work here. I think we have enough local interest guys out there. And, again, when you think about those colonels, and you had Artist Gilmore, who was had no real local ties, but it was like the star. But you could surround Man. him with, with Issel and Dampier, and those guys got to work out in the summertime with Griff, and kind of- and I think Griff will even tell you that it kind of helped make who he was, and when you think about when the colonels were here, basketball as a whole all the way down to the the high school level was better, and we were turning out we were turning out pro level high major college level players on a regular basis when we had the influence of the colonels here i I think it makes basketball better every. Step. Every face, it makes it better if we have an NBA team here.
0: Okay. Despite all that, huge win last night for the Memphis Grizzlies as they defeated the number one team in the NBA, the Golden State Warriors. The, the Grizzlies now lead the series 2-1. to one. They finished the, the year with 55 wins in the very competitive Western Conference. The Grizzlies had 67 wins.
1: And... I'm sorry? I just want to make sure I coughed and I just want to make sure I... No, it didn't come across. Good.
0: Um, So a big night last night from... Look no further than the Derby Festival Classic alum, Zach Randolph. Yep. 22 points, 8 rebounds. 4 for 4 from the line. Mark Gasol, 15 rebounds, 21 points. Big game from Courtney Lee, Western Kentucky guy. 11 points as a starter. Mike Conley Jr., big game. Indianapolis. Indianapolis, obviously Ohio State. One of the more underrated
1: players in the league, isn't he? I think he's still wearing the visor or the the goggles. I'm interested to hear from Brian the Insider because, you know, he lives in Dayton, right? Correct. People from southern Ohio hate the city of Cleveland, right, for the most part? Yeah. If you're from that area and Louisville has an NBA team, Right now, Brian the Insider is a huge Pacers fan, right? Correct. But if we had a team here, don't you think we would draw that market?
0: Uh, I think it depends. I think certain factors would come into play. How good are they? I mean, I, I am a lifelong Pacers fan at this stage of my life because growing up, I got to see some really good teams. I got to see Reggie Miller, Rick Smits, Mark Jackson, Chris Mullin. The Davises, Antonio and, and and Dale, Derek McKee. I mean, the list goes on and on. Sam Perkins, Travis Best. I I got to see some very, Byron Scott. Got to see some very exciting basketball up at Market Square Arena, and it's not that far of a drive. No, it's not far at all. It's not. and, and there is a good product even out there now with Kentucky graduate Frank Vogel still cranking out good teams and Paul George and um, so I I think. Putting a winner on the floor in the NBA is what really matters. You've seen Atlanta with a resurgence recently, despite losing last night.
1: Um, if you are not good, it's difficult to fill the place up. I, I would I would agree with that. I mean, uh, but we have a, definitely have a chance to take that market. We have a chance to take in that Nashville market. You have a chance to take in that St. Louis market. I mean, you have a lot of people that could really. And maybe those St. Louis, St. Louis is probably what equidistance between Louisville and Memphis might be a little bit closer to Memphis. I'm not sure. But um, I just, I feel like the NBA would work here. Oh, hi. What you watching, huh? I don't mean to get on a soapbox. Though, Do do you get upset watching those games though? Thinking that that could be Louisville? You get to see my face
0: dance. No, I don't. I I brought up the, the topic of Memphis Grizzlies for a different reason than where you took it, which I don't mind. But they are getting ready to. It looks like possibly dethrone the Steph Curry-led, Clay Thompson, um, David Lee. Curry shot. The David ball Lee's not last even night. playing
1: actually. What's that? Curry didn't shoot the ball very well last night.
0: That's exactly the topic I was trying to bring up. Is can a team led by a three-point shooter win a title? We didn't see it with. I, I just mentioned my. The reason I fell in love with the Pacers. Reggie Miller was their best
1: player. They never won a title. That's true. Who's gonna win the now, NBA? They finals? also had I mean they were going against the the, the Bulls. Well, I mean they made just it overall to the, the heyday of of basketball. I mean that to me the NBA was the best
0: Really? It's, yeah. During that
1: era? Yeah, well and that might be because that was more of my era. It yeah. might be how I feel that way. But you had the best player in the game. And Reggie came in what? Late eighties? 87, he was drafted. So you go from the Pistons being phenomenal to uh, the Bulls, the Lakers. The Celtics were still relevant there for at least the beginning of his career. Um, You know, the Spurs then came on towards the end of his career. The Rockets had that span there. You just had – and every one of those teams had multiple Hall of Famers on them. I think that was the bigger issue is that Yes, you just named off a lot of really great players that played along along Reggie Miller, but he never really had that consistent Hall of Fame staple player with him.
0: Rick Smits was elite at times. He was. Chris Mullen, you could argue, uh, was in the twilight of his career when he got to...
1: Also a Derby Classic guy, by the way.
0: Was Chris Mullen? Yep. Wow. Where's he the head coach at now? St. John's. That's right. His alma mater. Yep. Um... We can just take these conversations
1: absolutely anywhere, can't we? I, I was driving to the show, and my sister in laws were like, Well, what are you going to talk about today? I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> we're just going to tell you now, Kelly and I will just, you know, start tossing things around and, you know, figure out what's, what's there. No, but in all seriousness, who's going to win the NBA Finals? It's really interesting because right now, is Kyrie going to be coming back? I mean, Kyrie looks like he could have an injury that could take him out for, if it takes Kyrie out for two games. The Bulls win that series. The Bulls are already winning the series. And the Bulls win that series. Dave Blatt fired. I made a wager last night that if Cavaliers don't win the NBA title, Blatt's fired. I don't think you're going out on a limb at all by saying that. If, I thought you were not done with your sentence. Well, and you're- I'm not because if he's, I'm, if knowing what Kentucky's got coming in next year and they throw that money at Cal, I think he's gone. Do you? Who to, knows? So to Cleveland, I, I have no. I have no source. Yeah, that is like my speculation of like what's going on. If I if if you were there and you came off, if you came off going thirty eight and one, and possibly people saying that you, you know, you should have won it all. People feeling like you should have won it all. People before the loss saying that you could have had one of the best teams assembled ever in college basketball, and you lose all that talent, and you've. You have stocked the shelves somewhat, but it's not and you know people still aren't talking about that. There's not a hundred percent that Scal is going to be in the Kentucky uniform next year okay who scala will be a number one player I don't think he's the number one player. I know some he's their number one guy he's their number one guy okay i I'll take Ben Simmons over him though every day of the week so what you're saying is Kentucky's incoming class is not what they're used to and even if it's even if it's uh if it is good they're they're still not they're top they might be a top 15 team okay you got you're going to he's going to have to work a whole lot harder next year with that team to get them to be relevant on the elite top you know national contender scale okay the only way he goes to the nba really to me is cleveland do you see him going anywhere else besides cleveland that's what i was going to ask is if i were cal
0: i'd rather go somewhere where maybe go meet up with Anthony Davis or somebody like that. I mean, is LeBron... We'll see today at 3.30. I don't mean to... I'm not trying to sell an NBA game. We have no hand in that. But the game today at 3.30 is at Chicago. Chicago currently leads the series 2-1. to one. The Cavaliers are favored by 2.5 points. If is, LeBron is can will this Cavaliers team to a win against this very potent... I mean, Mike, you said you'd rather watch the NHL playoffs... Then the NBA playoffs, that's okay. You are, you're entitled to your opinion. I'm not familiar with the NHL. Derrick Rose hit a game winner, yeah, uh, in game three to beat the Cavaliers. They have Noah. Uh, they have Paul Gasol. They've got G- also hurt I mean, right I now. Mean, right it's s- questionable
1: for today. We don't know Gasol is going to play.
0: A huge storyline. There are so many storylines in this NBA playoffs, in my eyes, that I am ready to just explode with. Um, the, the different angles we could take on it. I am curious to know who's going to win the title. How about
1: the defense by Jimmy Butler? He's amazing, and that's a guy that was always known as a defensive player and has really evolved over the last what three years. He's got since Derrick Rose has gotten hurt, really as an offensive as an offensive threat, and um, you know he's going. He's taking that matchup with LeBron, and I think he's he's looking really really strong. In the the win this past
0: week. Um, on the 8th, let's see, yeah. In Chicago, Jimmy Butler played 44 minutes, most out of anyone on the Bulls. He had 20 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists,
1: 5 steals, and a block shot. But more importantly... Zero turnovers. I know LeBron had 27 points, okay, and that's for him. But he also LeBron had 14 was, assists. LeBron was 8 for 25 from the field, 1 for 7 from 3. Okay, he really made his day at the free throw line. He got to the free throw line... Eleven times and hit ten of them, uh, which is pretty amazing. And if you looked at Jimmy Butler's stat line, he also had five personal fouls, so it kind of goes hand in hand, right?
0: Well, having somebody who can, who can, um, even if you're going to not shut, no one's going to shut LeBron
1: down. No, but that I mean that's what I'm saying. Making him go eight for twenty-five, huge. I mean, that's kind of like what you had to do against Kobe, right? It's like you know he's going to score, but you need to make him be have to take such a high volume of shots. That if he does score, it doesn't really necessarily bode well for them uh, because he's not because he's not hitting. You know, Did
0: Jimmy Butler played uh, three four years at Marquette.
1: Uh, was it three?
0: Let's see. I'm constantly trying to evolve my list of players who played all four years in college. Thus far, all I have in the current league is Tim Duncan, Draymond Green. I mean, significant contributors, right? All right, uh, Tim Duncan, Draymond Green, and uh, Damian Lillard?
1: Yeah. Who else am I leaving out? Man, you, well, you're well, you taking me – I had to really think about that. <laughs> so, For I some don't.
0: reason, that list interests me because of the state of the – Of the college, cur- yeah. Yeah, the current state of He did. Of he played
1: three years at Marquette. Playing Only three years. played 106
0: games. So he's not, he's not uh, on that list. Now, uh, I
1: think, though, that's because um, he transferred – did he? After, um, after playing at a junior college. That's what I Yeah, else okay. So he played his first year at a junior college and he, then had three years at Marquette. He exhausted so he his four, eligibility. Yes. So he did play four years of college basketball.
0: Okay, so he deserves significant credit for being on that list. He was a 30th overall pick in 2011. He averaged during the regular season this year 20 points um, through, as you mentioned, Derrick Rose coming and, and going and... His constant
1: injury issues. He He's listen. Jimmy Butler is the guy who's held the Bulls together over the last three years. All right. No, you say whatever you want for Joe Kimonoa and how his good of a defensive player he is. And Gasol and both of their passing. Well, Gasol out of the post. came in as a free agent this year, right? This is his first year, or was it last year's first year?
0: I think this is his first year. I'll bring it up. But
1: Butler's really, as Derek Rose has been trying to, to figure out if he wants to man up and play or not. Um, Butler's been the guy who's had to step up and really fill a lot of that void. And uh, he's done a great job. I mean, this guy, uh, he's really kind of come on the scene. And, I, you know, do you like when he was at Marquette, do you remember him going head to head with Louisville and being like a, like a, no. No, I don't. I mean, that's I'm what shaking I'm my head, no. Yeah, that was, me- which is great for radio, by the way. Yeah, shaking your head. <laughs> shaking your head. No, I,
0: I was trying to think, though. But no, I, I mean, I, I remember his name.
1: I mean, he didn't have a terrible college career. I mean, he averaged uh, his last two years at Memphis. He averaged right or Marquette. He averaged around 15 points a game. Uh, he didn't even start a game his first year at Marquette. Kind of, really, that junior and senior year. Those were you know, those were his when numbers. Did, when did Crean go to IU? Crean went to IU. Are you going to try to draw a parallel between uh, Marquette, Jimmy. <laughs> Green leaving, and, and uh, Jimmy Butler playing well?
0: I don't know. I'm trying to see if there's anything to that.
1: <laughs> it was it was before then. I it was believe. before
0: then. Yeah, 2008. Yeah. God, Crean's been at Indiana since 2008.
1: He played for Buzz Williams, who's one of the funniest guys in basketball. Just his
0: mannerisms are plenty of entertainment for me. <laughs> Have you seen that video of him dancing on the sideline? No, I'll have to check that out though. Buzz Williams dancing. Check it out on YouTube.
1: Mother Lover featuring Justin Timberlake. Make sure this is the clean version, by the <laughs> Okay, oh, wait a minute. Oh, can't it can't be, because they play this Didn't on Sugar Like. Other plants got in the way. She'll be so disappointed. Damn, I forgot it too. This could have been avoided. What the hell are we gonna do? My mom was so alone. Ever since my daddy left Go. No one to hold it tight Life this put her to the test I know just what you mean My mom's been so sad and great Burn. My dad can't satisfy her in the bedroom Ever since he passed away Hold up, you thinking what I'm thinking I'm thinking I'm thinking too Slow up, what time
0: is it though It's time for a switcheroo We both love my moms Swimming and with grown, grown
1: women needs I, I say we break them This could have been avoided What the but hell are we, we gonna, gonna do, do? Welcome back, sports fans. 1450 the Sports Buzz. This is the Weekend Sports Buzz. Mike and Kelly Patrick. Wishing everyone a mother's lovers type Mother's Day. That's uh are you are you digging this song, Kelly?
0: I am, I love it. Great video, also. <laughs> uh great outfits while holding each other's feet while doing sit-ups. I Susan mean,
1: Sarandon stars in the video. Susan
0: Sarandon. I mean, it's a very action-packed video.
1: Um. So, we were talking a little bit during the break about our, if we're not talking about the NBA playoffs, our second favorite spring topic, and I'm wearing the hat today, although I vowed for a little while that I was not going to wear this hat. Because I'm so disappointed in the bullpen by the Cincinnati Reds right now. It's somehow this team is 15 and 15, and hanging around. They're they're right in the thick of things for you know the, for the a wild card spot. The the Cardinals are running away with the division right now as it goes, but they're hanging around What's with the Cubs new? for a second and <clears throat> hanging in the wild card discussion. And this bullpen, and I'm going to go ahead and say the managing is absolutely atrocious the conversation last night with me and a couple of other reds fans was what form of red do we want would we want to see become the next manager of the reds because they, they did you see that they signed barry larkin to a like a roving instructor role i did not see that i like it so they hired barry larkin for a roving instructor role role we're, we're close to seeing pete maybe are we i mean he was he was uh allowed. working the radio for a major league game this week he he's allowed to be back involved with the reds is that what the yeah. official ruling is and i think if he i think we're closer to seeing him being fully reinstated into baseball'm I'm, I'm telling you right now he if he gets reinstated into baseball you fire the manager right away and you bring pete rose in the very next day because at least you've got a guy who loves Cincinnati who loves to win and i and when they got rid of dusty i was not would you would you say there's some equivalence to Dusty Baker and Tubby Smith. Sure. Okay. The
0: nonchalant uh, ma- uh mannerisms, things like that. But I would also say this. Sorry to interrupt. Tubby Smith inherited a team. He inherited a program. Dude, Rick that- does not
1: win with that team. Rick does not win the Okay, I'm with that th- team. I'm not even making that argument. Okay. Okay. I'm,
0: I what I'm saying is this. He inherited a program that was winning. Oh, that's Re- true. Regardless, you cannot deny that. True. Dusty Baker came in an inherited garbage.
1: We were broken. Broken? And yeah. he, he put them in the playoffs every year. Not only were we broken, but we had some serious salary cap problems with some big contracts that were... Had them done, stuff yeah.
0: like that. Yeah. So what Dusty Baker did, only time will tell, but bring Dusty back.
1: Well, and that had a lot to do, I think, with Jockety and how he it, formed he? them. Because we still got Jockety, and now we suck. We do, but the, we had, the minor league system was really rocking there for a while, and then they kind of... Um, Got rid of uh, a lot of those prospects to to make a run, and it never really panned out. I will tell you this though: you got they got rid of Dusty Baker because he only he got the Reds to the playoffs, but never could really advance in the playoffs. Correct? He basically did as just as the same thing that Marvin Lewis does: gets him to the playoffs, but can't get that win to go on to the next round. Sure, they get rocked. Okay, Roy Halladay threw a. I think a no-hitter. Yep. I, that was terrible. That first. I don't time even want to think it. about it. No. Um, I mean, I'd appreciate it if we don't bring it up on the show anymore. You're the one who brought it up. I brought it up. I apologize to our listeners. But if you're getting rid of Dusty because you need to go to that next level, you bring in a manager who's been to that next level. And they, they got rid of Dusty without having... So you're suggesting that we bring in Barry Larkin, who's not been to that next level as a manager. Well, we're in a different spot right now than we were when we got rid of Dusty. Okay. I'm saying that when you got rid of Dusty, you should have had the you should have had it already lined up with where we were going with that next hire. Instead of taking someone from his staff with no managerial experience and expect for that guy to all of a sudden get us to that next level. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, in hindsight it looks like a horrible move. I thought it looked like a horrible move when they hired the guy. Did you? I mean, I was I just uh And and now they need to figure out a a guy, again, that can come in, that can take this franchise to where it needs to go from that leadership perspective and manage those personalities. Um, Otherwise, the next two months for the Reds are going to be so telling because it's going to either say, okay, we're going to try to keep a band-aid on this product and see if we can make the playoffs, see if they can make the wild card. Or are they going to blow this thing up? In July, you could either have Aroldis Chapman, a lightly used Aroldis Chapman this year, unfortunately. Why do we need to use him? We're... You don't need to use him if you got Kevin Gregg. Because <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Gregg will not make sure that Aroldis has no... And it's not just Kevin Gregg. Okay, Kevin Gregg gets the blunt of it. But there's a lot of really bad relievers on this team. But at a 36-year-old Kevin Gregg... Who in his last ten games has pitched ten innings and given up ten runs? That's not good. All <laughs> right, he he has no I'm, business. I'm, I'm no at 36. I don't have a calculator on me, but I don't think that's good. At thirty six, he has no business being on this roster and pitching two. He's only pitched two innings less than. Uh, I, well, let me pull that up for sure. Actually, he might have. He might be pitching more than than Errolis Chapman. He's picked. He's pitched in this year. He's pitched in. Um, let's see. Uh Wallace Chapman's only got twelve point two innings this for this year. Okay, and uh, Kevin Gray's got ten point two. There's there's something wrong with that. The fact that they've pitched a similar number of
0: innings. I and and there's always one reliever. There's certain things about any baseball team that you follow. Regardless of whether they're winning or losing, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, there's always going to be a reliever you hate.
1: Okay, that's probably true, but this team has several relievers that I hate. So, <laughs> okay. I mean, this, I hate the bullpen. I mean, and they, they've got it with all these old – I mean, let's face it. This guy is – Garbage? He's 36 years old. Why not make those same mistakes with a young guy and let him get used to pitching in the major leagues? What's the, what's the downfall to that? Is um, Sam Lacure still down in Louisville? If Sam Lacure is still in Louisville, and we're pitching this garbage. In the I mean, there's a I mean, many everybody parts hated are, Sam
0: Lacure a couple of years
1: ago, though. Me?
0: I'm not saying you did. He was a he was not the the bell of the ball during his last time with the Reds.
1: He he would. I think though you you got to remember he was kind of in flux between whether or not he was going to be a starter or whether he was going to be a reliever. His his niche has turned out to be at the major league level,
0: probably
1: a long reliever. A long reliever, absolutely, and uh, still a guy that probably could come in and give you an inning if you needed the inning here and there. I mean, sure. I, um, Sam LeCure is not on the forty man roster, uh, which is another issue for that. Uh, but Manny pars hurt. So we ha- we don't have him. Sean Marshall's hurt. They don't have him. But Brooke Badenhop and, uh, I mean, Badenhop's terrible too. They're, they both have double digits. Him and Greg both have double digits uh, uh, ERAs. And the, the bullpen used to be the Reds' go-to. I mean, you knew that if you had a starting pitcher that could give you six innings. The Who Reds was the had- guy
0: that we had from Texas? Um, that was years ago now. Damn it. From the Texas Rangers, he ended up with the Texas Rangers. Older guy, Arthur Rhodes. Yep. Remember, we had it going
1: on recently. The bullpen
0: for the Reds, not that long ago. They had a
1: a seventh inning, eighth inning, and ninth inning guy, and it was it was lights out. And uh, they don't have that now. And you've basically got to hope that Cueto can go eight innings and get run support, and then put Chapman in, and then put Chapman in. And that's what happened in Game One yesterday. Because they gave, uh, they didn't put Chapman in to pitch the the ninth, but we actually gave Cueto some run support, and he was able to get his third win of the year. You know, Johnny Cueto's pitched way too well to be three and three on the season, and um, that bullpen, and and the fact that we're not getting the offensive production, particularly when Cueto pitches, to really uh, help that out. But the Iglesias kid down, who's he is down a little right now. He's pitching well. I mean, I I just feel like they got guys. That they can put into some positions to to get this thing the bullpen short up. And there's enough there's enough bullpen arms out there to just go get somebody else. I mean, it's, it's not working with these guys.
0: We're gonna have Greg Galliet of the the Louisville Bats on the show soon. I spoke with him. Oh, really? A couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um,
1: have you been out there yet
0: this year? No, I haven't. I need to make it out there. Maybe we should get hit a game up one of these days.
1: Absolutely. I wonder if maybe there's one day they have a Sunday. Like a Sunday, one o'clock or something like that. We can.
0: I'd have to work it out with my work, but uh, oh yeah, I would love to. Um, Sam Lecure, thus far this year in 2015, has pitched 13.1 innings for the Louisville Bats. He's 0 and one. He has a, a 5.40 ERA.
1: Well, that's not great either at AAA. It's
0: not great, no. So the Reds are in, in a tough situation. I know that talking Reds baseball is not necessarily the ratings driver. It doesn't generate the phone calls. Uh, that the weekend sports buzz is is um, is thriving on and the reason that we're, we're, we've had such success here on the show. But you and I
1: are both Reds fans. We are. I'm, I think we're both baseball fans. Both baseball fans. We are. You were
0: talking about – what did you say about Kansas City earlier?
1: Well, you got Kansas City and Detroit going at it tonight. What's and alluring about that? They both have 19 wins, and they're in the same division. That division right now – all right, the best record in baseball right now. Do you know who has it?
0: Don't tell me. I'm not looking. All
1: right, good. Don't look. Um,
0: I, 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 is it the um, Houston Astros? It is
1: the Houston... Well, no. It's the St. Louis Cardinals. Isn't that an
0: amazing turnaround, though? I didn't but look. But the Houston Astros had the, second,
1: had the best record in the American League.
0: And that's amazing.
1: It is incredible. They went from the,
0: the, the, the basement of the National League Central to the basement of the... American League West, and now all of a sudden they're, yeah, they do have the most wins in baseball. 20, no, the Cardinals, no, the have, Cardinals 22. have 22. So, okay.
1: But 20 wins is the most wins in the American League. When you look at the American League Central, Kansas City and Detroit both have 19 wins. Minnesota Twins have 18 wins. That division is just stacked, and when you get a chance to see Kansas City go against Detroit, like you will tonight on ESPN at 8.05, that's, that's a matchup that's going to that's going to have some major playoff implications and uh both these teams look at themselves as um look at themselves as world series contenders not just American League contenders they think both these teams think they have what it takes to win the world series and of course Kansas City being there last year being so close um i'm sure you know they they really want to make sure that they can finish it up and get it done look
0: at this compare let's compare the offensive numbers from the Cincinnati Reds versus the Kansas City Royals. Lorenzo Kane betting three thirty nine for the Royals. Mike Mustakas, former third baseman, I think for the Red Sox, if I remember correctly, three twenty seven. Eric Osmer, three twenty two. Alex Rios Rios, three twenty one. Salvador Perez, three sixteen. Kendris Morales, didn't he play for the Angels? Had that gruesome injury? Three oh six with four home runs, 23 RBIs. They don't have the power numbers that we're used to from baseball, but even in this post-steroid era of baseball, even all that considered, the Reds' offensive impotency is so extreme that it'll be very difficult for them to crawl out of this hole unless they somehow acquire a big bat. Am Am I wrong?
1: Joey Votto has been playing well. And Joey Vidal gets tossed out of a game this year, this week, in a way that I didn't feel like he should have got. And then I feel like the umpire kind of baited him even further to even to uh, bumping him. And I, Joey Vidal probably is – I think he got suspended for a game. Joey Vidal hitting three he He's got seven home runs, 20 RBIs. Um, you know, he's playing well. Brian, or The the savior even last year has been Brian Pena, the catcher. Yeah, you know, Cuban. And he's a uh, great story, too, if you ever hear his – his, you know, just defection story. Uh, three batting three twenty three. Zach God Lee, he has come on, hasn't he? Hitting three oh six, and then Brian, uh, and then Brandon Phillips hitting three hundred. But then it drops, and your next everyday player after Brandon Phillips at three hundred is Todd Frazier at two forty one. And you got this gap. Hey, where's Jay Bruce at one ninety? Jay Bruce is. One one seventy two. What? Johnny Cueto is hitting better than Jay Bruce. Jay Bruce has got two pitchers that are hitting better than he is.
0: And then and then his his home run, he has five home runs, sixteen RBIs, which is third best on the team fourth we, best on the team in RBI production. He's been walked sixteen times. He has a two hundred eighty four on base percentage, which is still
1: pathetic. We talked about this last week. Get and rid of him. Man, that's garbage. <laughs> And this guy has been in a little bit of a funk—not a terrible funk—but over the last ten games, he's eight for forty-three, and so it's really it's been tough on him. If Billy Hamilton doesn't get on base, you just don't have a whole lot of chance to score runs. No. And Billy Hamilton has struggled to get on base the last ten games, and he's got to figure out a way. I mean, he cannot be hitting right now. He's hitting uh, two twelve, and his on-base percentage is is two sixty-eight. And so, Billy Hamilton has got to get that on base percentage closer to 300 for the Reds to be to be successful. It really needs to be on the good side of 300 for them to be successful. You know, do you agree?
0: Um, I mean, they can get by with if you have Zach Cozart producing at the shortstop position, which is huge.
1: Which cause is he's huge. one of the best defensive shortstops in baseball. He
0: really is. He's that's always been the rap on him: no offensive power or no offensive. Uh, production whatsoever out of Cozart. Almost the man with the, the golden glove type deal with, I can't remember, who was the shortstop the Reds had years ago? They call, Barry was Larkin? It? No, he had the <laughs> offensive power. I'm talking about somebody who didn't. Was it Royce Clayton? No, it was somebody
1: else. Royce Clayton did play for the Reds for a year.
0: He did, after being traded yeah. from Minnesota. I'm thinking of another shortstop. They called him the man with the golden glove. <sighs> it's alright. Yeah, I'm blanking. I don't know that this is exactly exciting. This Reds talk. Both of us being lifelong Reds fans is exactly exciting our, our listeners. Am I wrong?
1: Well, I mean I'm passionate about it, and I think when we're passionate about it, that's it's good. good. So Thursday, I'm listening to the Reds Pirates game. It's a two-three game, and you hear that they're going to go to the bullpen and they've got Kevin Gregg, a right hander, and Jumbo Diaz, a right hander. also. Warming up, but you still want Jumbo Diaz in that situation, don't you?
0: Over Greg, because Greg is I mean, the the amount of hate and vitriol toward Kevin Gregg is almost unprecedented. There are there's websites devoted to. I mean, are we in New York or Philadelphia? Where are we? Uh, is this typical of a Cincinnati town to it, generate it, just Twitter campaigns? And Kevin Gregg might end, might end up having something burned in his front yard soon.
1: I don't think it's because he's just. I mean, it wasn't like he just went through a funk. He started off terrible. And his first three games as a red were terrible. And then. But he comes in; it's a two-three ball game, and just immediately implodes any chance the Reds have of winning. Uh, gives up three runs. It's just, I. It's frustrating to have good starting pitching, which the Reds generally have decent starting pitching. I don't think it's as good as it was last year, but it's still, it's it's serviceable. Even though Homer now is on the bullpen, I mean on the DL for sixty days.
0: You're saying overall we have a good pitching staff. Overall,
1: and even the two guys that have come in and made their first starts, they've come in and they've pitched well. Uh, the kid yesterday getting his uh, – uh, well, no, I guess not. It wouldn't have been yesterday. But I think the uh, the Reds, starting pitching-wise, is definitely good enough to contend. they got to figure out the bullpen. And then they got to figure out how to get the bottom part of the lineup with some better offensive production. Uh, and that – a lot of that has to do with, I don't know. I, I kind of hope that we have a new manager next year. And maybe we're not even wait. Currently 500, though. They're 500. Still 162-game
0: season, team. 30 games in, you're ready to call it quits. I'm
1: not ready to call it quits. I think they can make that wild-card push. I just don't think we're ever going to see. I think the, the Reds' timetable to be successful before they have to rebuild this whole thing, is the, the time is running out and they've tied up a lot of money and a couple guys that are going to make it hard. And the bull, we know there's not a whole lot at Louisville. Now, there's a whole lot at double A, and there's a whole lot at single A, but there's not a whole lot at they're there of for a reason. They're not right. ready. they're not ready. So they're going to have this void of maybe next year Louisville starts to turn around, and then we see it in Cincinnati the year after or two years after that. But there's just too much money tied up at Homer Bailey and Joey Votto and – and Brandon Phillips, and you know, and that's going to make it tough to sign a Chapman. And it's like, what are, you, what are you going to do?
0: You look on Twitter and you, you type in Kevin Gregg <laughs> and you just read all the mentions. <laughs> it's amazing. 28 Mo Egger, who is a, we've had him on the show many times, a great radio personality for ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati says, 28 games into the season, you cannot continually use Kevin Gregg and look at your public with a straight face and claim you're trying to win. I agree. Do you disagree with that? I don't know. I, don't, I, I know this sounds like a, a, a cliched cop-out type answer. Brian Price was a really good pitching coach. He knows pitching better than I
1: do. Yeah, does he not? I, I mean, I, supposedly. I mean, I would agree that he did a wonderful. Is he trying to lose his job? How much of the pitching coach aspect of things is he doing though? Now that he's the manager, I would think maybe he's, he needs to take a little bit more interest in what's going on there. Like,
0: you don't think he's paying attention to who the relief pitchers? Well, are? Well, maybe he's.
1: You know, I'm sure as a good manager would, you try to delegate responsibilities to who your current pitching coach is, and you try to. Involve your entire staff and delegate things so that you're not running rapid. Maybe it's time to give some more bench decisions, some more in-game decisions to your bench coach, and take a little bit more, um, take a little bit off of Jeff Pico so in making some of those pitching decisions because it's whatever it is that bullpen is not working. You know, he's got Jim Riggleman on staff who's been a manager before Nationals, right? Uh in the Cubs, yep. and
0: different jobs.
1: Yep. He managed the the bats I think one year. He did. He's got Billy Hatcher who's been in baseball forever and has been a coach forever. He's got guys around him that can help him make decisions. The the pitching has to be shored up. That bullpen has got to be shored up for them to have any kind of, make any kind of noise. And it's got to be soon. Because people will say, yes, it's a long season, okay? It's 162 games. The Reds don't have 162 games to figure this out. They've got until the middle of July before they've got to make decisions on which direction they're going to go with. Because you have to get rid of Araldis in July if you're not going to contend so that you can get stuff for him instead of just losing him. I mean, that's a that's a business decision. You know, if it's not going to work. So you're saying, we're, we're no way we're keeping Chapman. I think it's a long shot. He's
0: going to end up a Dodger or a Yankee, Yankee. or something like that.
1: It's a. It's, do you agree it's a long shot? Yeah, it's a long shot. And if you're going to lose him, you've got to get something for him. And if we're not going to contend this year, you've got to, you have to trade him this year. Do we know that we're not going to contend this year, though? You, that's what I'm saying. You've got to know by July. Like You have to have a feeling. Like It's worth the risk to, to go on because we feel like we can make this run. Or it's got to be, you know what, we're better off just kind of unloading some pieces and restocking the minor leagues and and build it for next year, which is unfortunate because you'd like to see them contend with having the uh, All-Star game here. Which one's more likely, for them to go on a fire sale in July or for them to buck up and try to contend?
0: What's more likely? I think they're trying to contend. I, believe that.
1: To, I hope so. I mean, I, I hope so. I, but I agree, if we're going to continue to throw Kevin Gregg and Burke Badenhop out there, it doesn't look to me like we're trying to contend. That's Mo Eggers' take. We'll have to have Mo Egger on the show soon. I'm sure we can get into a very passionate discussion about this. Yeah, no question. I'm more passionate about Major League Baseball than any other professional sport, and I know I'm in the minority there. I'll I'll take it over to the NFL. I wouldn't say you're in the minority. Oh come on, you, in this area, you mean? Well, definitely in this area. Is the, that what's
0: your statement? The NFL is the number one professional sport in the country, and, it, for and me, Major League Baseball is number
1: two. You think it's number two over well, the? Yeah, revenue wise. Okay. Money talks. That's true, but do they have more opportunities to have make that revenue? Is that why, if you put it on a per game, if you put it, I mean, you're taking the NFL with the TV least,
0: contracts are, are all over baseball. Baseball, but yeah, okay. But in, you're an in, advertiser. A aspect of boxing has been proclaimed dead a
1: million times. But you're an advertiser on a per game basis. You have less advertising opportunities in the NFL than you do in Major League Baseball because there's so many more games in Major it's League a, Baseball. It's an entirely it's a different, different animal. So I don't know if you can go off revenues because there's so many more opportunities to, to promote something. But overall, I would say that the NBA – you don't think the NBA is ahead of Major League Baseball? You, don't, you think more people care about Major League Baseball or the NBA? We talk do, about especially both. if
0: you go to Chicago or, or Cleveland or any – We're team, surrounded any, by
1: good baseball towns. I mean, there's no question. St. Louis, Chicago, and Cincinnati are three of the best baseball towns in the country.
0: Yeah, and then you got New York and you got Boston and you got L.A. even. I know L.A. LA is often criticized. Uh, but I mean, there's a lot of them. Philly cares about their team.
1: They exist. Well, I believe that the Reds are going to make a managerial change. We've seen that former catchers are the best managers, correct? Please tell me you're heading toward a Corky Miller hire. It has got to be Corky Miller. <laughs> I'm not joking. Is this true? I mean, aren't they, are they not really grooming him he to is, do this?
0: That's I, something I, I, I spoke with uh, Galliette about, and not specifically Corky becoming the manager of the Reds. That's a little
1: ambitious. But he could be the man. I mean, Delano DeShields is holding on to the bats job this year, a former second baseman. I don't see that being a long-term solution. They're going to get Corky there as quickly as they can. And if it works out, Corky's going to get his chance. I'm, I'm okay with it. But, you know, the Brewers just hired Craig Council, basically, with no managerial experience. You know, uh, Mike Matheny and St. Louis. It happens. You're right. Joe Girardi. I mean, Corky Miller is that kind of franchise kind of guy that is could be this really good manager. He wasn't a... Overly talented player, but because he... He was great at calling a game. That's why he pitchers stuck loved around him. forever. Pitchers loved him. And he was so valuable to the Reds to bring up those younger pitchers as that catcher that he could catch on a daily day in practice. Corky Miller, to me, is could be the next manager of the Reds. I, it could be a popular move. Guys like Jay
0: Bruce, Joey Votto, I'm sure Homer Bailey, Johnny Cueto. I bet they all love him. We'd see the stashes in the stands, everybody having the stash. I don't know that he even had – I think he may have shaved his mustache off. That's right. He'll have to bring it back. He, he's supposedly it. very serious about his managerial career, which, you know, more power to him. He, he was predicted to be a manager years ago during his career. He's that type of a, a presence behind the plate. I mean, he, he's a great um, a call in the game. I would argue Louisville, the city of Louisville in, as a whole – it's a very underrated baseball city.
1: Well, absolutely. We're, I mean, overall as a sports town, we're a great boxing town. We're a baseball town. We're a college basketball town. We're a college football town. I mean, A lot see, of NBA fans, actually. There's, it's unbelievable to see what UofL baseball is doing. But then again, how the bats historically, I mean, there's lots of years where the bats outdrew the Montreal Expos. What? And attendance numbers. I didn't know that. In the 80s? So it was the back when they were the Redbirds? Yeah. Yeah, when they were the Redbirds. But we have a is that great, a, Is that a fact? Yeah. we the, There was a couple years where the, where the Redbirds outdrew the Expos. Wow. No wonder there's no longer a franchise in Montreal. So this is a great baseball town. And I know that there was that study that came out, like, what sports franchise would work here, and they said the MLS. I honestly think if... And then baseball was the last one. I feel like if there was a Major League Baseball, American League Baseball team here, because there's nowhere really close, Cleveland, Chicago, to go see an American League team play, but that's still six hours away. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing close to, like at the Yankees. Do so you think a, a Major League Baseball team in the American League
0: would be a better fit than the NBA?
1: No, the NBA would be a better fit. But I think an American League Baseball team could work.
0: That would hurt my allegiance to the Reds. I guess I'd have an American League and, and a, a National, National League team. team. I could live with that. Alright, this is the Mother's Day edition of the Weekend Sports Bus. 502-384-1450 is the oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzzline. Give us a call. We're talking Major League Baseball. We're talking the NBA playoffs. Mike even talked the NHL playoffs. Plenty Go to Rangers. talk about. Plenty to talk about this morning. We will be back with more of the weekend sports bus. I
1: got my
0: digital camera. I'ma make your mama do a million poses. They will be so surprised. We are so cool cut my veins with some rusty kitchen scissors I screamed his name till the neighbors called the cops I numb the pain at the expense of my liver Don't know what I did next, all I know I couldn't stop
1: Word got around to the butterflies and the baptist My mama's phone started ringing off the hook I can hear her now
0: saying she ain't gonna have it Don't matter how you feel it only matters how you look Go and fix your makeup, girl It's just a breakup, run and hide your crazy Song really gets me jacked up for talking about sports Yeah? Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW Mike selected Miranda Lambert's Mama's Broken Heart Let's see if it gets into the mother. mother talk right here Wish I could be it's more
1: about his her little mom little Kind of making sure You
0: like
1: hold a it together Through a breakup Yeah Instead of, of going crazy
0: Brandon Lambert does crazy Pretty well though So Oh my
1: goodness She just suggested She was burning Someone's house down. down Yeah Well she's got a whole song Called Kerosene That basically is about that too And then Gunpowder this and Lead This may be a little too gangster. Blake Sheldon might be in trouble Maybe a little too Gangster for our show <laughs> Are you not a country music fan?
0: I like some country. Not like, my favorite genre.
1: No, no. Do you? Are you uh, do you like her husband's work at all? I'm sorry. Do you know who her, who her husband is? Uh, no. It's Blake Blake Sheldon. Blake oh, he's the, the guy
0: from the the TV show. Yeah. What is it? That, the Voice. The Voice. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, I like him. He seems like he's got a good personality.
1: Yeah. He
0: he's, seems like your typical southern, um, uh, guy,
1: country star. Yep. Kind of a heartthrob kind of guy, I guess. He's very dreamy. Kind of looks like actually the. Uh, not McDreamy from Grey's Anatomy, but McSteamy. McSteamy? Did you uh, watch Grey's Anatomy at all? I did until it got weird and then I was done. I watched these shows until they get weird. I watched House of Cards until it got weird and then I stopped watching House of Cards.
0: Is that midway through the first season? Uh, I was actually in the when second season. When he had the
1: uh, homosexual episode? That was the second season.
0: Was that the second season? Yeah. Okay. With, the,
1: with his card? Is, is that where you dropped out? Uh, that was. Part of it. They also had a weird scene with like a with like an Asian guy who had like a had a sex scene with like a bag or an asphyxiation thing over his head, and, and that was like yeah. sure. Became more about that kind of stuff than the political stuff. I don't know. Um. Anyway, St. golfer, former St. golfer Justin Thomas, first first year full time on the PGA Tour. He's in the. Players Championship at Sawgrass, Ponce Georgia, Florida, which is a beautiful course. I've gotten to stay there once. I actually, stayed at that hotel the year that Louisville was in the Gator Bowl against Virginia Tech, and when Vic's younger brother stomped Marcus on, Vic st- stomped on Doomerville's hamstring. Right. I was at that game, and Louisville. So we were staying at the at Sawgrass, and that's where U of L was staying too. So we were actually in the same hotel. Um, <clears throat> what was your reaction to Marcus Vic? Actually, I was at that game just because it was there. You know, we just happened to be there. We had this trip planned anyway, and so we went to the Gator Bowl. And I was cheering for Louisville, and I thought it was it happened right in front of us. I thought it was dirty as all get out. And
0: clearly, uh, yeah, Michael Vick, despite his prison time in prison for dog fighting and all that, makes his younger brother Michael Vick makes his brother look like a, a, a saint. No, Marcus oh. Vick makes Michael Vick look like a saint. That's right. what I was
1: trying to say. A good guy, yeah,
0: yeah, Marcus Vick. On Twitter and everything, I mean, through the Riley Cooper episode, through everything, Marcus Vick always speaks out of turn, and and, and I got to think that that Michael Vick, to some degree, is embarrassed of his brother.
1: <laughs> Back to Sawgrass, though. I'm sorry, that's all right. Sawgrass is the cool golf course with so the whole the 17th hole is like an island. I mean, I don't know how much you follow golf or not, but Justin Thomas, who is a Louisville native, uh, 22 years old, Saint X graduate, set a record for the course yesterday with 10 birdies. And he's currently in fifth place. Is that TPC Sawgrass. Yep, that's a uh, that's a very tough significant
0: set a record for birdies.
1: Ten birdies in this round.
0: What is Justin Thomas ranked in the world?
1: Oh, I'm sure it's nothing because he's not. He's only played in one major. He's only played in the US Open. Shouldn't
0: it say that on his Wikipedia page? I'll bring it
1: up. I'll see. Oh yeah, and then uh, but he's in contention for this thing. He's only two strokes back. He's in fifth place, two strokes back. Um, and got a serious chance at making a run today at Saltgrass. So tune in today. I, what's one of my uh, my grandmother particularly loves watching golf on Mother's Day. Um, of course, for Father's Day we get a great tournament because then that's is the Father's Day is when the U.S. Open's on, right? Sounds right. Yeah. And uh, is it the U.S. Open or the British Open? One of the two. We have it's the U.S. Open for Father's Day. So it's uh, but Mother's Day it is be Father's some- Day U.S. Open. Mother's Day golf today. Cheering on Justin Thomas for St. X. Go Tigers! The Just, alma mater. Represent. Justin Thomas listed at five foot hundred and forty
0: five pounds.
1: He's a. That's an athlete.
0: <laughs> Isn't it wild how, how little these guys can be? And well, drive the ball so far.
1: Yeah. Well, exactly. That's that's the crazy player is you know how far these guys can hit the balls. And someone can be. I
0: guarantee, there are plenty of people who are much stronger than Justin Thomas who grew up playing
1: golf. You can't hit it near as far as him. Absolutely. Now, Justin Thomas, if you all remember, though, when he was at Sanex, was highly touted. I mean, he this guy was uh, went to the University of Alabama, was one of the top golf recruits in the country. Uh, he dominated golf around here when he was at X and so um, it's going to be a lot of fun if he can start making a name for himself, along with these other great young PGA stars that we've got kind of coming up through the mix, and uh, it's... Kind of the opposite of boxing. There's some there's some personalities coming up through golf, and there's some guys that you can really kind of see some, you know, the Rory McIlroys and the uh, Ricky Johnsons. Yeah, I mean, we got some guys that can really party, party, but not only that, can really uh, make golf a lot of fun for the next. Post-Tiger Woods, I guess.
0: It says here, as an amateur, Thomas played in the 2009 Wyndham Championship on the PGA Tour, where he became the third youngest golfer to make the cut in a PGA Tour event.
1: That's pretty awesome, huh? At
0: age of 16 years, 3 months, and 24 days.
1: Yeah, that's amazing, huh?
0: So what was he, a sophomore or junior in high school when that happened?
1: I wonder if he lost his, his, uh, he didn't lose his eligibility, I'm almost positive.
0: Thomas turned professional in 2013, you're right.
1: So he was in the term as an amateur.
0: Yep, as an amateur, yeah, Correct. So, in his tour card on the Web.com tour through qual through his qualifying school.
1: All right, golf. Do you anything for you at all? We've talked. We've talked NBA playoff basketball, which some people around here just absolutely can't stand. I love the majors. I
0: love seeing um, the the great finishes. I love when t- Tiger's involved. I'll be honest. I love when Phil's involved. I love Rory being involved.
1: I love the majors. The majors from a drama standpoint are phenomenal. And like I mean, go back to Valhalla. I mean, we were there the last three rounds and you're you got Rory uh, making his turn at ten and going through those the unbelievable back nine of Valhalla to win that thing and there was a chance there where we had like five guys tied for the lead and, and the drama with majors. We didn't get it this year with the Masters, but overall usually the drama's phenomenal. So
0: even this year with the Masters there was some, I mean it was
1: well, there was no...
0: Tiger played all right.
1: Tiger played okay until he That was a huge, huge
0: storyline that Tiger played okay.
1: Yeah. But Jordan, Jordan Spieth, I mean, was just so Just dominant. ran away with it. Yeah.
0: And, and if you're looking for someone to pass the torch to, that's significant.
1: Absolutely. Is Jordan Spieth the future of golf? He definitely could be. Him I, and Justin Thomas both could be that guy that could... Are you just
0: including Justin Thomas in there because he's... Uh, no,
1: I think Justin Thomas has got a legitimate shot of being... Um, Up there with Jordan Speeth? The being a Jordan Speeth type player. Now, Jordan Speeth and them are they're similar ages. When in do- Justin- I, I heard from Kentucky fans, I don't know, three, 400
0: times. Why <laughs> is no difference? one complaining about Jordan Speeth being one and done from Texas? That's a
1: legitimate argument, by the way. So I don't- <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's saying that's ruining golf. Do you not feel like that's a legitimate argument?
0: There's some legitimacy to it. Okay. It was very much so played out. I heard it. About five hundred times too many.
1: So Justin Thomas has played in seventeen PGA events this year. He's made twelve cuts. He's already made over a million dollars. He's had eight top twenty-five finishes, four top ten finishes. This guy can play, right? We're gonna, we're gonna, you know, he'll hopefully get his chance in some majors here pretty soon, and and show that he belongs. Greatest golfer in modern history to come out of the city? No, uh, um. Bobby Nichols, right? I think that's our... our, And he's also... It might have been a St. X guy. Um,
0: Fuzzy's obviously from Southern Fuzzy's Indiana. from Southern
1: Indiana. we got to go with that, yeah. I mean, Bobby Nichols was up there as well, too. I mean...
0: He um, won the PGA Championship.
1: Yes. <laughs> Tough to take that away from him. Exactly.
0: You're right. Yeah, he did. He he's in St. X.
1: Yep. 79 years old. So, I don't know how... You know what? Seventy-nine years old is not much more, not much older than Fuzzy, right? How old's Fuzzy?
0: Than Tom, or than Tom Watson, who's still can, still playing? Actually, Tom Watson's like sixty-six.
1: <laughs> yeah, born and raised Louisville, Kentucky, St. Xavier High School. Uh, you know this. He fifteen professional wins, including the PGA um, Championship that he had in nineteen sixty-four. A third place finish in the U.S. Open and a second place finish in the Masters. I think that's that's a pretty good golfer right there. Sure. It Underrated might. golf town too, man. We make golf clubs here. Don't forget the Just Family, Persimmon Ridge. I mean we're we actually have and I don't even know if you if you know this, the international club the club builders association guild or whatever it is. But basically the international organization for people who make golf clubs is right here in Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. There you go. We also make ninety percent of the world's disco balls. I don't know what that means, but ninety percent of the world's disco balls. Did you know that?
0: Is there a big market for disco balls these days? Not really.
1: I don't know. Somewhere in Germany,
0: somewhere where they do some crazy raves. I take a disco
1: ball in here. You you
0: you could go for a disco ball in that room. Sure,
1: absolutely.
0: Okay. (laughs) In my mind, Mike, I got to be honest. I grew up an NBA fan. Yep. Today there are two matchups: the Cleveland Cavaliers at Chicago at three thirty. Epic could be epic. I think epic, regardless of the outcome. Huge storylines.
1: Well, you got the, one of the biggest star, two of the biggest stars in basketball going at it: Derrick Rose and LeBron James. Right, and
0: not just Derrick Rose, but Paul Gasol, Noah. You said Jimmy Butler earlier. Chicago franchise, who, who's very successful.
1: Historically, I, yeah. They, thanks to didn't Michael not they have Jordan? a decent guy? They had a decent player. Thanks back, to Michael
0: Jordan. Without him, really, not much. Yeah. What was it before Michael Jordan? What was Chicago Bull? What were the Chicago Bulls? Known? Orlando Wooldridge?
1: <laughs> is that right? <laughs> I think were, he played. He did play there for a little bit. Yeah.
0: Am I wrong? But um, I think he
1: also played for the Nuggets. Did he not?
0: I may be wrong. Let me look it up. I'm trying to think of who was a significant player for them.
1: The best player that played for the Bulls prior to Michael Jordan. I wonder who. Uh, it, he definitely put that city uh, on the NBA map for sure. I mean,
0: he, Orlando only played for them
1: like a year, from right?
0: Eighty-one to eighty-six.
1: Yeah, okay. Was he a Nugget also?
0: Um, yeah, he played from the Nuggets just from ninety to ninety-one.
1: Oh, really? Yep. Okay, that's for some reason that's who I remember him with.
0: Regardless, he wasn't even that great, was he? He was a sixth overall pick, but. <clears throat>
1: He of, scored 13,000 points all right, in the NBA. I've got to remember, give me, give me at least two choices. I think he either went to Notre Dame. Notre he, Dame. He went to Notre Dame. I was going to say either Notre Dame or DePaul. But
0: Okay, sorry about that. Um, okay, so my point is this. We have at 3.30, the Cavaliers against the, the Bulls. Rip on the Eastern Conference all you want. That is a marquee matchup. LeBron James versus Derrick Rose. Two former MVPs squaring off. And LeBron is on the verge of possibly being knocked out of the playoffs. At 8.30, we have the Houston Rockets, led obviously by MVP candidate James Harden, and down low by Dwight Howard. Also, don't sleep on the fact that Terrence Jones is a significant contributor. Absolutely. I mean, he is. He is, yeah. Uh, Against the Los Angeles Clippers, who are coming off the heels of the Donald Sterling scandal, uh, even beyond the Sterling scandal. This Clippers team has been very criticized. Their body language, um, a lot of times their actual words, their whining throughout games, they are a very heavily criticized team. So I, two very heavily criticized teams who have probably the, the most physically imposing centers in the game between DeAndre Jordan Derby and Classic. Dwight Howard. Did DeAndre Jordan play in the Derby Classic? Yep. Okay. Um... Both matching up. Chris Paul, James Harden. Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers. Did you see that? (laughs) Did you see that game?
1: I I didn't see the game. I I watched it live.
0: I watched it live. It was amazing. He took over that. I think it was the the third quarter.
1: He was so bad in New Orleans.
0: He was. And And his dad knew that he was good. I guess. That is a story. You compared Dusty Baker earlier to Tubby Smith.
1: Does. Doc Rivers deserve comparison? You mean for, Doc Rivers, who also played in the Derby Classic? Um, does he could for, does he for, draw for a comparison to Tubby or for playing his son? Yeah. I mean, they took a chance. Obviously, the franchise had to be okay with him bringing his son. I don't think it was – it couldn't have been all of Doc's um, doing. And Austin, obviously
0: no, – no, Supposedly, he was adamant about getting his son on the team. Really? Yeah. He traded away some significant draft picks. And,
1: uh, um, well, it paid off from that from just the other day. I mean, and Austin, um, Chris
0: did, Paul handled it very well.
1: Austin had a very good high school career. He had a very good year at Duke. He was very highly, you know, highly thought of, highly recruited, and he just did not look good at New Orleans. And maybe that kind of fresh start, having his dad around him, that's the kind of support was good, and, and if this is the Austin Rivers you're going to get, I mean, this is, it's, he's phenomenal. He, he played great. 16 points in that third quarter, right? Is that what it was? Uh, really kinda- yeah, he
0: had a total of 25 points on 10 of 13 shooting. They were winning briefly, or, or, or by a very small margin, before Austin Rivers just took the game over. Have it, I was watching it with a couple buddies, and we were trying to think of another example of a professional sports franchise where a father has started his son,
1: Billy Ripken and Cal Ripken. Yeah. Okay. Or Cal Ripken, not, not Billy Ripken, but Cal Ripken Senior and Cal Ripken.
0: Bob Senior. Boone and Aaron and Brett Boone.
1: Yep. Am I? Wrong? It happens in baseball.
0: It happens in a baseball. Lot. You're right. I completely forgot about those examples. Yeah.
1: Um, Moises Alou, <laughs> uh, Alomar, the Alomars, possibly. I mean, it, actually, in baseball, there's some all stars, but that's so here, different because yeah.
0: there's there's. Um, it's a different animal because there's so many different players. Yeah, Pete Rose Jr. was probably in the Reds organization
1: forever. when Pete Rose managed. Yeah, he was in there forever just holding on. He didn't start. He wasn't any good. Um, but
0: starting and putting your the ball in the hands of your son as the point guard. He wasn't doing it ahead of Chris Paul, but he was helping Chris Paul come back in a game. He had missed a game.
1: I'm trying to think of the I mean, NBA-wise...
0: What about NFL?
1: (sighs) NFL, I can't even remember a father and son. I'm surely it's happened, but I can't remember them being on the same, in the same franchise. I can't even remember any fathers and sons having a son play in the NFL. Like you know what I'm saying? Me Uh, neither. uh, This is
0: exciting radio. (laughs) This is golden. (laughs) But in all seriousness, huge in basketball,
1: the biggest thing you probably ever had, and it wasn't in the NBA, was college pistol Pete. Yeah, pistol and press.
0: You like how I just try to just beat you to whatever you're gonna yeah, say. Yeah, that
1: was impressive.
0: All right, Allen Houston, Wade Houston.
1: Yeah, but again, college.
0: It only happens in the SEC.
1: <laughs> no, Doug McDermott. Sean Sutton started out playing for his dad here and then had to go to Oklahoma State play with his that
0: dad. That was also SEC. Yeah.
1: And what's the result in? <laughs> Stolen jewelry. Stolen jewelry by Sean Kemp.
0: All right. In all seriousness, I am excited
1: about the matchups today. Who are you taking? Do you think I, – I really like Houston to even the series against L.A. Where's it at? In L.A.? The game is uh, – I really don't know. It's at L.A. In L.A. I'm
0: picking Chicago to win the game today against the, the Cavs.
1: They go 3-1? Yes. That series is going to be then over? Yes. And do you think Dave Black gets fired? Yeah. Not, you,
0: not,
1: yeah. Yeah. Shortly after they're eliminated, he'll be fired. And do you think they hire Cal? No. No.
0: I don't think that strategically that'd be the best move. I don't think LeBron's washed up.
1: Do you think they make a run at Cal? They, they just took They the offered run.
0: A, they offered him the job last offseason.
1: But they didn't have for LeBron for sure at that point. That's true. Now they do.
0: And they have Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving. Is that the best situation for Cal to walk into?
1: It's the only situation for Cal to walk into.
0: What if you could get... A marriage of John Wall and Anthony Davis, or somewhere, something. Like well, that.
1: then you. What really more likely would be KD goes to Washington. K K D KD goes home. Yeah, Baltimore guy, right? If you're KD right now, is KD from Baltimore, or that's Carmelo? No, KD's yeah, KD's from DC.
0: Okay, he's from DC. That's right. Yep. Okay. So
1: if you're KD, do you go home to DC, knowing that if you go, if you add Durant, a healthy Durant, especially. But even a eighty percent Durant to the to this Washington roster, they're the favorites in the East. Sure, oh, God, like my no goodness. question,
0: they, they are very good right now.
1: Right. So if you are Durant, do you play with a selfish Russell Westbrook, or do you go home and be and take them to the championship level? You get to play with play <laughs> golf with the president. <laughs> he gets to have two amazing guards, Beal and Wall, and, and that go are taught. young. That can, you know, that they could be together for a long time, and uh, could be dominant for a long time, right? Certainly. So, is that where you go if you're Cal? <clears throat> I don't know if Washington hires him. I got to think of like. To me, it's not just where Cal would want to go, but it all, it's not like Cal could go to NBA, any NBA job he wants. They'd how, have to want him to.
0: How much pressure is on Cal right now? They lost in the championship to Duke. I don't no, I'm sorry, think, they, they I don't necessarily agree with Derek.
1: Where. Da feels like there is a lot of pressure on him because he's gotten there and hasn't won it. Um, I, as a Kentucky fan, it's been fun. Now it's the the end of the year losses have been really really hard for the you know forty eight hours or whatever. Sure, but you can't just negate how much fun the rest of the season is on top of that,
0: and the fact that he has
1: won a title there. He did win a title. Tubby win, won a title. Though, win too.
0: a title. Winning a title in this age of parody where Gonzaga. And so many programs out there have legitimate cases, Wisconsin a- a being powerhouses, and, and you're able to be in it at almost every year. I don't know what's going to happen this upcoming year, but I don't anticipate an NIT berth.
1: No, I anticipate like a six seed. Six seed? What about Louisville? Louisville is probably like, an, we'll be in that eight, nine. Does Indiana will be the highest seed? Does out. Louisville have a good chance at beating Kentucky in the
0: regular season matchup this year?
1: Probably have their best chance since 2013. Who's I mean, going no, to lead the
0: Who's going to lead the cards in scoring?
1: This is a discussion I had yesterday with some people, and I understand you got to feel really good about these fifth year transfers that are coming in.
0: I mean, I feel better about than if we didn't have them.
1: Yeah, people got to remember remember though that. <clears throat> The schedule Drexel played and the schedule Cleveland State played, it's not like they had these massive game plans in conference to take these guys out, or they even had the talent and ability. Now now these guys got to go score against the guys that North Carolina has. They got to go score against Duke. You know The level of competition that these guys are going to jump up into in conference play, because conference play is really kind of where you get exposed. <clears throat> I'm not saying they're going to be busts. I'm just saying how many fifth-year transfer students have we seen be like the number one scoring option for these teams instead of – most of the times it's been where they just fill like a really nice role, right? I mean, you're not – and now you're really kind of hoping that these two guys carry your scoring load. Yeah, you could – I'll play devil's advocate on your point. Luke Hancock was not – he was not a fifth-year transfer. He wasn't he, he there wasn't for, for a just fifth year a year, transfer,
0: but he came from George Mason.
1: Right, I he didn't, understand he didn't, that. He didn't
0: have the type of competition that he was he was looking to face against when he came into what was. He the also biggest. had an adjustment
1: period, though.
0: Oh, he certainly did. Remember, these guys the don't have an adjustment period. Okay, is that fair? Yeah, and he had he had a year to sit out.
1: Right, and a year to sit out under learning what Rick wants.
0: But he he sat out behind Kyle Kuric, I think.
1: He's still got to practice every day.
0: True. Okay. So, so it's you, you're you're taking the case that relying on these two transfers
1: might not be like, Drexel <clears throat> and
0: Cleveland State isn't necessarily going to bring the the fruits that all the Cards fans. I'm are not saying in, it won't. Expecting. I'm just
1: saying I wouldn't. I wouldn't be so overly optimistic that these two guys are going to come in and do stuffs. And you're not. But I, do you feel like U of L fans in general are?
0: There's been a lot of hype.
1: Yeah. And, and same thing even with Donovan. Okay, Donovan had an amazing end of the year and an amazing all-star game run. Donovan Mitchell. And um, I think Donovan Mitchell has a chance to be one of those elite guards in loyal history. A Terry rozier ask type guy. Uh, no, I'm talking about like a Russ Smith type guy. Okay. Not a Russ Smith type player, but as far as like what he's meant to the program. impact. Okay. And when you got the you got to remember, those guys typically don't have great freshman years under Rick either. No. Okay. I mean, we've seen it. Even Terry. Even Terry. Russ, whoever. It's just they've got to be able to uh, – there's going to be growing pains with this Louisville team this year. He, Rick just said he did not want to rebuild. He wanted to reload, and he was reloaded to the point that he can and did an amazing job doing that, like getting the most he could possibly get. But there's still going to be an element of rebuilding with this team.
0: No question about it. I mean, there's not much returning.
1: No, Jalen Johnson should contribute. You got to hope that some of these big guys Anos. are ready to turn the corner, but if they don't turn the corner.
0: Who else are we even relying on, Quentin? Well, Quentin.
1: Uh, Quentin
0: should be a, a, a huge role. He should be. I mean, he came on strong
1: in the tournament. But then you're also looking at a guy like Quentin who basically went through the ACC and probably was. A brief mention on any scouting report that they even had. And sure. now he's going to be like the main focus.
0: Yeah, I'm looking more so, and not to try to sound too sophisticated, but for his defense to improve.
1: His lateral quickness definitely has to improve. He knows that, though. I mean, he's not, that's been a thing for a while. Rick's
0: not letting him forget about it.
1: No, absolutely not. I mean, this is something he's heard for, for a long time.
0: I really have a feeling Quentin's going to go down as one of the all-time great four-year guys for the Cards.
1: He could for sure. I, I see that. He's a he's a very good college point guard. And, and, that, and
0: that's what we're looking for. We're right. a college team. Exactly. So, we are the weekend sports buzz here on 1450 WXVW. The Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line is 502-384-1450. This is a Mother's Day edition of our two-hour all-sports talk show here on the only locally owned sports radio station in the city of Louisville in southern Indiana. Be sure to stay tuned. Mike and I will be right back with more Weekend Sports Buzz. We're going to go out to a little, staying with the theme of country, or pop, whatever you call it. This is Carrie Underwood's Mama's Song. Mike, you like this? No. Yeah. Very heart, you know, very touching video. I don't know if I'm going to even wait for the Mama, action.
1: Video. you taught me to do the right. Now you have to let your baby Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Mike Daffo and Kelly Patrick here on 1450 WXVW. As we are every Sunday from 10 to noon. Actually, uh, we're usually joined by the lovely Ashley Miller, who uh, is spending the day with her mom. Happy Mother's Day to everyone out there. And uh, we hope you have a great day and enjoy some time with your mom. But hopefully you get to break away, maybe watch a little golf. Justin Thomas tees off at 215, the Louisville product, with the chance to win TPC Sawgrass, uh, the 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 NBA action today is going to be fantastic, and the NHL today should be fantastic as well too. So we have got a lot of stuff going on, along with Major League Baseball. But we're kind of in this time of the year, Kelly, where we're going to be we're going to be wrapping up these championships with the uh, NHL and the NBA. We'll probably right after that we'll be pretty heavy on the NBA draft talk. Would you agree? Do you get sure. into the NBA draft
0: over the years? Yeah. Uh, to to some degree. I mean, there's so many different varying degrees of getting into the NBA draft. Who's the number one pick? Julio Okafor or Carl Anthony Towns?
1: Well, it's going to depend to me on which ping pong ball comes Is out. Is it between those two? I think for sure. Uh, I, D'Angelo, De- yeah, I was say, uh, D'Angelo and Moutier though, both have, I guess, like an outside shot. I really like Moutier. And so uh, I'm a Knicks fan, right? So there's a chance that that ping pong ball comes out our way for sure. And... Uh, I think Moutier is the guy that I would want if I'm, but I think they're probably going to go with the hometown kid I, and go with Carl Tannehill. I
0: haven't seen Moutier play much,
1: right? At all because right. he plays overseas.
0: I don't even think I've watched many highlight videos of him.
1: Who would you compare him to? He's a bigger guard, um, but he's athletic. And, a bigger point guard? Yeah, he's six. Tyreek Evans. Yeah, that's probably a fair comparison. Uh, he's a really good athlete. He's he can shoot. He can take it to the rack. He's a good passer. Um, he's strong. Bill
0: Jackson historically claims, although it doesn't always pan out that way. I guess what Shackett did, but that the best way to implement the triangle offense is through having a good passing big man. And will that come through the acquisition of Mark Gasol to the Knicks? Something like that, maybe. Who would maybe. be perfect for that, probably? Or will they try to take?
1: A Carl Towns. A oh, Carl Towns. I think, I think Carl's a better fit for the Knicks than Jahlil is. I agree. And uh, I think Jahlil is such a defensive liability um, on top of that. So, uh, now I'm I'm biased. I'm going to take the Kentucky kid over the Dukey.
0: You're a little scorned. Uh, Kentucky did not win the championship. I don't know if you knew. Kentucky didn't win the championship
1: this year. They did not. Duke did. Oh, did they? Duke did. I didn't watch.
0: Coach K has really separated himself from the pack as far as well, you got to say he's the greatest basketball coach, college basketball coach ever.
1: Over John Wooden?
0: You take into consideration the parity aspect. Yeah. I mean, you can argue. Okay.
1: He's definitely on the Mount Rushmore of college basketball coaches.
0: How many faces are on Mount Rushmore? Four? Four. All right. So who's on your Mount Rushmore? Don't even say Adolph Rupp. Adolph Rupp. God.
1: John Calipari.
0: Oh, my God. Tubby
1: Smith. <laughs> and Billy Gillespie. And Joby Hall. No. <laughs> Um, uh, you know, I think you've got to have, I'm not, and this is, it's going to get interesting. So I think you have to have coach K and I think you have to have Bobby John Dine. Wooden. Those two for sure are there. I'm not sure. Everything Cal's going through right now in a, in a smaller window of six years is very similar to what you could compare to Dean Smith's career over his Thirty careers. 30 so what you're saying is
0: that Cal's productivity over six years is similar, as far as the top end.
1: I'm talking about he gets to the final four. He had to have he did, he only Cal's won it once. Yep. In the six years, but if you went longer, you think he'd get it, probably another one. Dean Smith was really good at getting to the final four, but only won it twice. Had to have a team that included Michael Jordan, James Worthy, and Sam Perkins to do it. Kenny Smith. Kenny Smith. That's a pretty good... Sure. It's a pretty good lineup. I'd and say then he, had, he stood the test of time pretty well. Yeah. And then his team in 93 wasn't bad either. Who was that? Anton Jamison? Vince yeah, Carter? Right. Who else was on that team? Uh, Well, the, Donald Williams was the guy who was the MVP. Mar- Mar- the, er- the Eric four. Montrose? Montrose might have been a senior... Montrose was there, yes. Uh, it might have been his senior year. Okay. It might have been his junior year. But
0: regardless, a uh, talent-laden
1: Yeah. A team. really strong team. So... You know, so does Dean Smith belong on there or not? I don't know. Is Bobby Knight's gotta be in the conversation? Adolph Rubb's gotta be in the conversation. How many titles
0: did Calhoun win?
1: All right, man, listen. I'm I'm not even gonna validate that though. The,
0: the reason I'm saying it is because if you're gonna put Bobby Knight on there, I think you gotta consider Calhoun. Why is that? Won the same number of titles, right? Three Yeah but once has Calhoun won three titles?
1: That, he won three, yeah. Is that right? That is right, right? He won with Okafer. he won with uh he beat that Duke team in like two thousand. Yeah, he won in ninety nine, he won in two thousand
0: four, two thousand eleven. And he set the table pretty well for Kevin Ollie to come in and win it. Right. Which you don't get credit for.
1: But he was right behind the bench every game, so
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean he He helped.
1: Okay. I don't know, but but Jim County from uh because of his um controversy his um yeah i mean he's a controversy where they've actually have like things against him cal people want to criticize cal's never had an ncaa violation cal's never had cal was never implicated in those two final fours being vacated it
0: happened under his watch they
1: happened yes
0: but okay so calhoun's out of the conversation so you're saying bobby knight obviously john wooden obvious all right i'm thinking rick two locks you thinking rick i think rick you thinking rick the two
1: locks are wooden and K. I'm taking, if you look to me at what Rick did at two different programs and then took three programs to the Final Four, it's more impressive than Dean Smith. More portable. Is it more impressive than Dean Smith? Is it more impressive than Dean Smith? To take two different teams to the title. No one's done that. Yeah, I, I
0: don't have a problem saying three you different teams and, to the in the Final there four. ahead of Dean Smith. Carolina, Steve's obviously not listening, 502-384-1450.
1: That's the first time we gave out the phone number, I think, this whole show.
0: Yeah, but I
1: I don't know that many people would – I think that may irritate some people to hear that. Uh, It could, and I'm sure – listen, there's a lot of Kentucky fans that don't like Rick right now. I will never forget how much more enjoyable Rick made my last couple years of high school and my four years in college – because of what he was able to do to that program and take it from the Kentucky Shame Sports Illustrated, which was that thing comes out, you know, I'm in seventh grade, that Kentucky Shame comes out, and then all of a sudden he comes in and LSU was loaded, and that first team was 14-14, and 14, but you loved the guys, you loved Reggie Hansen, you loved Miller, you loved all those guys on that team, and then the, the Patino-Bombino team. And then they end up knocking off Shaq. And all those guys. And then from there, they never looked back. And um, what that 92 team meant to me, and I know a lot of other people in this, because it was – people forget that John Pelfrey and Darren Feldhaus and Richie Farmer never would have gotten recruited to Kentucky if it wasn't for them being on probation. It was those three guys that just really wanted to wear that Kentucky name on their jersey, and it meant so much to them to see them bring – Kentucky basketball back along with Rick and Mashburn and Sean Woods. It, it, that transition was just so important, and I'm not going to sit here and ever forget that Rick did that for Kentucky basketball. And you can love him or hate him right now because he's on the he's coaching Louisville, but you got to respect what that meant to people as Kentucky fans. He's, and I will tell you right now that three year stretch, ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight, and you include ninety eight, which Rick had two of those teams, and Tubby had the last one was the most fun I've ever had with Kentucky basketball. More fun than it is right now.
0: More fun than it is right now, despite not winning it.
1: What hmm. years are you talking about? 96, they won. Okay. 97, so they were runner-up. Oh,
0: So you just said 96, 97, 98.
1: Yeah. I spaced it. 98, they won. No,
0: there's no question
1: about it. Derek was on a couple of those teams. And the only team really that was, the, the, was that 94 team when they lost to Marquette in the second round. But beyond that, '93 was a Final Four. '92 was the epic loss to Duke. '91 they weren't even eligible, but they won the SEC championship and they were ranked in the top ten. And um, that was, we talked about it earlier with um, talking about how Dusty brought the Reds back from being broken. Well, Rick, the, the Kentucky basketball was not just broken; I mean, it was devastated. By Eddie Sutton, and who was the the assistant? Delray Brooks. Delray Brooks. He was the. That's who sent the pack. But there
0: was another guy who ended up coach, head coaching the NBA for like the Raptors.
1: Delray Brooks.
0: Was he the head head coach in the, for the he's, Raptors? He's he's a head
1: coach right now, I believe. So, um, and there was a, a lot of guys. I mean, he he had uh, I'm blanking on what his name, but he's now an assistant coach with Travis Ford at Oklahoma State, and he was the head coach at Houston for a long time, I and mean, he had. He had a really good staff um, there at Kentucky with him. But I think Rick is on that. I honestly believe that Rick has done something no one else has done when it taken two teams to the title like that and that Rick deserves to be on that Mount Rushmore. Do you disagree?
0: I mean, obviously, I'm a huge Rick Pitino fan. I'm a Louisville fan. No, I, I won't argue against that. But but So we're talking specifically about college basketball here.
1: We're talking college basketball.
0: Larry Brown did something similar in winning a title both in the NBA and in college. Which Cal might do really soon. Wow. <laughs> Mike Gandolfo, the man with ties, <laughs> predicting Cal to the Cavs.
1: You heard it here first. I'm just saying I think it happens. And okay. I have no basis on anything. But All right. I'm just like looking at the situations and saying this could look really Who do you want as the replacement? Since that's well, that's a- why the timing to me is really interesting. Because Florida is taking their time right now, right? Why is Florida... No, they hired a coach. Louisiana Tech coach. Florida Gators? Yes. Then that just happened, right?
0: Uh, maybe two days ago.
1: I'm a, how did I miss that? Well, you, I take a risk on somebody. I go after like an Archie.
0: Yeah, Michael White two days ago.
1: Wow. They didn't go with an Archie Miller or a...
0: I don't think getting Archie Miller away from the number two college basketball market in the country is going to be as easy as everybody thinks. You
1: think he would come... There it is, Michael White to Florida. Yep. I don't even hear that name at all. I mean, What about
0: Brad Stevens?
1: Depends. It's, Would you want him at Kentucky? I wouldn't mind him at Kentucky. Wouldn't I think, think it's going to be – it'd be – I think you're going to be in a situation that no matter who you bring in, it's not going to be good enough. It's not going to be what? It's, it's not going to be good enough. Because of the bar. What Cal has done,
0: outside of John Wooden's recruiting – Success. It's the, in the same 70s? thing though that
1: Rick did, and same thing that Adolph Rupp did. No,
0: it's almost not though.
1: It is because
0: in this era of so many different recruiting services and everything, what Cal is doing at Kentucky is 100 percent unprecedented. Unless you want to go back to, oh, Bill Walton's a great center, one of the greatest ever. We want him. We got him. Right. Oh, Cream Abdul Jabbar. We want. We got him. Yeah. Um, I mean, Cal gets whoever the hell he wants. That's unprecedented.
1: That's, that's well, not this year. But, not this year, but,
0: right. but I mean, Usually. Rick didn't do that. Who else did you Rick say? Rick did
1: do that though, not in the nineties. Rick was if he wanted some guys, he was pulling them in, and they had an unbelievable amount of roster talent that they were pulling. in. They did.
0: They went, One team had nine future NBA players, right?
1: So Rick did go get who he wanted. He did. I think but, Rick, but was I, a I, more. I
0: think he, he he a lot more of that, and I'm not just singing the praises of Rick Pitino here. A lot more of that had to do with his um. Scouting him, him personally seeing potential. I would agree died. with that, and that's him, what
1: I was actually was going to say. I agree, it's, it was more. He would of,
0: say, Look at this fat guy named Ma- Nazi Muhammad. I think if we get him to drop 100 pounds, he can, can do some. he can play in the league for 18 years. <laughs> I mean, Rick really pulled off some miracles.
1: But he also got the Tony Delks and the Ron Mercer's and the Antoine Walkers and the Derek Andersons. Even though he didn't get Derek at the first at the
0: gate, he still got him.
1: He's you know he still got the Walter McCarty's and the guys who were very high. You know the McDonald's on Americans who were really highly ranked. Now pulled Jamal McGlure out of. Uh, but he got Jamal McClure right out of Canada. He did. Yeah. Uh, my point is, no matter how good of a coach Joe B. B. Hall was, which he is a borderline Hall of Fame, coach. he, he nailed Sambuy. Joe B. Hall didn't he? Joby Hall, yeah, I had Sam Bowie. Okay, sorry to interrupt. What were you going to say? No matter what Joby Hall did, wasn't good enough because he wasn't Adolph Rupp. No matter what Tubby Smith did, another guy who's a borderline Hall of Fame coach was never going to be good enough because he was following Rick Pitino. Sure. whatever Whoever you bring in, it's a four or five-year fix, and it's really to bridge a gap because, and to kind of reset reality, and hopefully then you can bring in someone who can because no, whoever you bring in, it's not going to be good enough. They're not going to win a title. It's, I'm not saying they won't win a title. Joby Hall won a title. Tubby, Tubby Smith won. won a title. True. Those guys won a title, and it still wasn't good enough. Well, all
0: Cal has done thus far, actually, is win one. Exactly. And all Rick really did was win one.
1: Yep. All Joby Hall really did was win one. And Tubby won one. Five different coaches <laughs> have won a title in Kentucky. That is the true testament. To how good Kentucky basketball is.
0: To the, the strength and the power of Kentucky basketball nationally. Yeah. You look at a program like Indiana.
1: Two coaches have won titles.
0: Two? Oh, someone before Bobby? Mm-hmm.
1: Who was it? Um, McCracken, is that his name?
0: Okay. Uh, you look at Connecticut. Well, actually, now they have two.
1: Connecticut's coach got two. Ka- uh, Duke's only got one. UNC has two. But,
0: UNC, but if you compare that to five, UCLA, did Lavin win one?
1: Lavin did not win one. Jim Herrick won one. Herrick won one and obviously Wooden won. Right. However many. Yep. Yeah. Um, but you're you're right. I mean, it's not. Kansas is the only one I think that's close with four. Carolina might have four. Don't tell me. Okay, Bill Self, Larry Brown, Fall, uh, fall Gallon.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say that. I my my fault. Sorry. All right, but I can't name the fourth.
1: Let me see. I gotta look it up. I've only I looked this up a couple times, but uh, Carolina's like like I said, Carolina's had Roy. They had um, the white haired guy. Dean, Roy, Dean, Smith they No not They Before Dean Smith McGuire Okay uh, Won And then they might have won one before McGuire um, So You gotta You know the history You gotta go back a little bit For some of these guys You know it's not, I understand There was basketball before Dean Smith And Bobby Knight And you know
0: wasn't near as big of a deal as it, as it is today.
1: It's not at all, no.
0: But it's really blown up. We're in the heart of it here in the Louisville, Southern Indiana market. Mike Gandolf, on my co-host. I'm super here. embarrassed
1: that I did not know the Florida hired coach, but that kind of tells you that I've been kind of disconnected that's the last all right. couple of days. I, I don't. Hope the uh, what do you think of that? I, that's a. <laughs> I feel like they could have possibly done better. I mean,
0: then Michael White, Louisiana Tech has had some success lately. They have. He. Um, he has been the, the on a short list of some of the top candidates uh, across the country um for years look listen to this white's father kevin white currently serves as the diref- director of athletics at, at duke. duke university
1: yeah i knew that one wow yeah
0: that's impressive
1: so I guess this is his. Uh... Isn't Andrew luckstad
0: the the direct athletic director at West Virginia?
1: Yes, it was something like that, or the athletic trainer, or something. maybe the athletic director. Yeah. So, I just uh, when the SEC is those making the hires that they've made in the coaching realms this all season, and you've got now the personalities in the SEC basketball that you have. I don't know if that really moves the needle.
0: Refresh me. The guy from
1: UCLA? Yeah, we got Howland's at Mississippi. Ben Howland? Got, got Bruce got Avery Pearl Johnson still. In Alabama. Avery
0: Johnson. I love that guy's voice.
1: I mean, you got some guys with some name recognition at these SEC jobs. And uh, um, it's going it, to. Florida's.
0: Still got the guy at South Carolina?
1: Martin. Frank Martin. Who did Tennessee hire? I'm blanking on who Tennessee hired.
0: God. They've had a whirlwind. Tennessee
1: hired Rick Barnes. They hired Rick Barnes from Texas. Yeah, I had. It took me a second, and I because I knew they hired a name also. So, um, I mean, there are some serious. It's not. It might not be ACC level. What, uh, what can I play this that? real quick? Avery Johnson angry clip. The basket there on the go ahead and got the, got the free throws.
0: Um, you you tell me, what was your impression?
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, no, no, nobody cares about my no, impression. No, but you,
0: you tell everybody here. You, uh, you, 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 know, you tell us. What was your impression? I don't know why. I just love that guy. <laughs> he was an undersized point guard for the Spurs. He, they said he would never win a title with him as the point guard. Sure enough, once Tim Duncan came into town, him and Robinson,
1: Sean Elliott. Well, the, the thing has been right now, if you want to be an NBA point guard, you go play for Cal, right? Now, if you're Avery Johnson, you go in that same that same living room of the the kid who wants to be an NBA point guard, and Avery Johnson's like, "You want to be an NBA point guard? Play for me! Come play for me! I want to." I know that position one. better than anyone
0: who's had that type of a personal career in recent memory in basketball, and then turned it into a head coaching gig in college basketball.
1: Fred uh, Hoiberg, Hoiberg's got to be the only, H- champ, but he wasn't no. the
0: starter on a championship team. No.
1: Any other examples? Chris Mullen? Well, Chris Mullen still has to get it done at the college level. Do you agree? I mean, yeah, this, Avery Johnson level. does too. Yeah. Well, and Chris Mullen never had the pro coaching career that Avery at least was Avery was
0: coach of the year one
1: year. Yeah. And
0: then he got fired.
1: So this is really kind of Chris Mullen's first go around.
0: It um, is. Avery is coming from a Danny Manning. Uh, Danny Manning. He's still
1: at uh He's at Wake Tulsa. Forest.
0: Oh, Wake Forest now.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I thought Wake Forest looked really good with him, and I think they're—they have some big recruits. Yeah, they have a good recruiting class, not a great recruiting class, and I think they're on the verge of hopefully making. um, Dave Callins won an MVP
0: in the NBA. Yeah, and then he coached, obviously, for years, but not at the collegiate level.
1: I mean, there's very few of these guys have probably even played in the NBA. I mean, Billy Donovan played in the NBA for like 66 games. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, that's not usually. You, we see that the great player doesn't usually become the great coach because the great player was easy to them, right? They don't understand how guys don't get it or how they can't do something. Um, whereas the better coaches are usually the guys that are the backup players, you know, had to fight for a lot more of their opportunity. Phil Jackson, you know, that, to, yeah.
0: Rode the bench for the Knicks, won a title technically, it's on the he roster. Did. Came up through the ranks of the CBA back before Isaiah Thomas destroyed it. Isaiah Thomas, great example of a great player.
1: He Larry was Bird. actually
0: just hired, I think, as the head coach of the the New York WNBA team.
1: Did you oh, see really? that? Yeah, that sounds fishy.
0: Larry Bird actually coached. I think Larry Bird was a good coach. He you didn't like he it. Coach? He brought the team to the. Am I wrong? Did he coach them? Bill to the Russell's finals?
1: probably the only guy that's really been a Bill Russell, a great
0: coach. He did it as a player coach. Are we talking unique to sports? Certain sports?
1: No, I mean, I don't think we had to do that. I mean, I think... Um, well,
0: in wrestling, the guy for...
1: and wrestling. Iowa. <laughs> Iowa, yeah. I thought you were going to go WWE. Dan Gable. Yeah. I He's mean...
0: maybe one of the greatest wrestlers ever. Definitely Kurt the greatest Gibson? wrestling
1: coach ever. What's that? Kirk Gibson in that conversation is a good player and a He's good He's not a great
0: coach yet, though.
1: You don't think so? His Diamondback teams have been pretty good. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean... Guess- they're not great, great, but they've been pretty good. Is Ozzie Guillen in that conversation? Sure.
0: I, I think he's a great coach. Gian I do. I, would, I want him as a Reds coach. You would? Yeah. I think he'll go on a cussing tirade like Brian Price did. Not just for the publicity. <laughs> just, to, just because that's who he is. That's and that's what I want. There you go. <laughs> not just to stir up um, excitement for his team, but just because that is exactly... Who Ozzie Guillen is. All right, other great coaches to turn into. Jim Harbaugh, not a great player. Journeyman quarterback.
1: Journeyman quarterback, yeah. Um, well, Doc Rivers.
0: Mike Singletary gave it a whirl. Doc Rivers, all-star. Right? Yeah. I mean, Kevin McHale's not doing bad. No, he's not at all. Wow, how do we overlook that? Kevin McHale.
1: And uh, you the know.
0: Rockets, they may be getting ready to knock off the Clippers.
1: Right. No, Kevin Kevin McHale. McHale. I mean that team, that Celtics team, man. When he was there, were you that, were you old enough to really? I was
0: born in eighty three, so no,
1: you don't really remember. I it? remember it. I've seen plenty of highlights. They were amazing. I Robert Parish, Mikhail, D- DJ, Bird, Danny Ainge. Yeah, I mean they just had it. Uh, they were just they were so much fun to watch. I and mean, that's what I'm talking about. The, that NBA yeah. run in the, in the eighty late '80s, early '90s, to me was where it's at. Where it really is. Yeah.